is Megan. I'm Christy. And I'm Nancy B. And we are Home Murder Crew. Coming to you remotely. Obviously. (laughs) Does anybody have any true crime news? God, I feel like there's been so much. I know, it's been wild. We didn't bring up the just that they found Tatiana Harrison. Right. So that's that was a pretty big one that I think that I came across is that it turns out that a they reported in the news a few months ago that they'd found an unidentified unidentified remains in Richmond and they just uh, ended up linking it to missing persons Tatiana Harrison, which was pretty devastating. To know that they they had her body for such a long time and yeah and like there was such a huge like the community was rallying around looking for her and her family was begging every day for information and this whole time like they like at least for I think it was at least three months they had her her body and yeah. they also have a sketch of the per- the body, and it it does look relatively similar to her. So I can't understand why. It right, why a- they couldn't connect the dots sooner. Yeah, there is so much that I can't even think about one thing because since we've talked about true crime news, there has been a lot that's happened. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to feel more like the norm stuff that's going on in the community, shootings and stabbings and stuff. But it's, it's all over the world too, right? Like, yes, yes. The amount of major headline true crime news that's been out in the last even month, I feel, has been like immensely more than normal. <laughs> right. Well, we had um, we had posted in our. Um, true crime group on Facebook about a woman that was found floating in the Okanagan Lake on Monday and there was foul play not suspected in the death. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know how they ruled out foul play, but we'll keep posted on that. Amanda Todd, there's a sentencing hearing for a Dutch national convicted of harassing and extorting uh, Amanda Todd before her suicide. And that's been scheduled for next month. Um, So it's uh, scheduled to begin on September 20th in the BC Supreme Court in New Westminster. So a a jury delivered a unanimous verdict on um, a couple weekends ago, uh, convicting Coben is his last name of extortion, harassment, communication with a young person to commit a sexual offense and possession and distribution of child pornography. So. Well, I'm glad that I'm kind of glad that that's the outcome because that was a pretty heavy one for sure. Oh man. Yeah. I can't believe how long ago that was now. That was so long ago that I was like, I saw it in the news and I'm like, this can't be new news. Yeah. Like that was years ago. I think, yeah, like so long ago. That was 2012. Jeez Louise, that was over 10 years ago. ago. Oh my God. (laughs) That's wild. And it's just so sad to think like, like how long ago that was and just how much social media has like evolved since then and how much easier it is for these types of predators to target these teenagers. Like there's so much sextortion that you hear of and there's like, there's so much like online bullying going on and it's just really disturbing to think of, you know, what what is going on that you don't hear about. One of my favorite shows out there right now on Discovery ID is Web of Lies. And it's basically all based around that. And so much, like, it is freaky. And, you know, if you're ever going to have kids, I highly suggest, like, watching these just so you can understand what's actually out there in the world. It's really easy to to pretend. It's really easy to pretend there's no danger around and live in this nice little world. But then there's people out there that are slick and sly and just awful and how they get into people's heads and minds is baffling but they do they do and it's it needs to be spoken about more i think it's a whole new world of criminals out there now yeah i do have more and this has to do with a case that miss christy lee did at one point the oh. summerton man 
Oh um, yeah. Yeah, you guys, they think that they're they're they have figured out who the summer tin man is uh through like DNA. Someone help me. Genealogy. Yeah, genealogy. That's the word. Thank you, Megan. Uh, they figured that they found that. So a professor, uh, he's dedicated a lot of his time to this mystery, Derek Abbott. He's from the University of Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, he says the body of a man found on one of the city's beaches in 1948 belonged to Carl Charles Webb an electrical engineer, an instrument maker born in Melbourne of, in 1905. So um, it's a really interesting read. If you Google it, there's a lot that comes up about his work that he did. But yeah, they think they solved that mystery. This is a Megan special today. I got a little off strong. I will be taking you guys back to 1996 for this one. This day in particular was Saturday, January 13th, 1996. And just to forewarn everybody, this episode contains graphic details and violence against children. God so damn it, Megan. Sorry, I, I don't feel, know what it I is, guys. I feel like you, you have that warning all the time. Nine-year-old Amber Renee Hagerman, along with her mother, Donna Whitman, and her five-year-old brother, Ricky Hagerman, were visiting Amber's grandparents, so Donna's mom, mother, and father, Glenda and Jimmy Whitman, at their home in Arlington, Texas. It is reported that they arrived at uh, their grandparents' house around 3 o'clock p.m., and immediately upon arrival, Amber and her brother Ricky asked their mother if they could go for a bike ride. Their mother told them, as she always did, that they could go for this bike ride before dinner, whatever, as long as they do not go too far. So on this particular Saturday afternoon, they did not stay close to their grandparents' home, home home as they normally did and drove to a nearby Winn-Dixie grocery store parking lot that was roughly two blocks away from their grandparents house. Shortly after they arrived at the parking lot Ricky got worried about the distance and them telling their mom that they'd stay close he felt it was a little too far so he wanted to go back to his grandparents home. Amber told Ricky that she wanted to stay a little bit longer and that she would follow him shortly after she apparently there was a cool ramp there that they liked to go off on their bikes and i was just gonna ask them like what's so special about a parking lot of a grocery yeah store? yeah apparently there's a little ramp there so ricky paddled back to his grandparents home and left amber alone in the parking lot so just one more reminder it's still three o'clock p.m so it's still daytime like it's not like late or anything like that right the next series of events happened so fast. And from what is known within the minutes of Ricky's departure and only eight minutes from when Amber and her brother had left their grandparents' home, 78-year-old Jimmy Kevill, who was out in his backyard doing yard work, looked over towards the Winn-Dixie parking lot where he witnessed a black truck pulling up next to the parking lot uh, where he saw a young girl playing on a pink bicycle that we now know as Amber. Jimmy said that a young, white, possibly Hispanic man about six feet tall in his 20s to 30s with dark hair jumped out of the truck, grabbed nine-year-old Amber, leaving her bike behind and threw her into the truck while she was kicking and screaming. Jimmy immediately called 911 when he realized what was going on. But again, it's 1996. They didn't have cell phones. He would have had to go back in the house, grab his landline, call 911. And by the time he came back out, they were gone. Oh man. What a sight to have to see and like feel so helpless. Yeah. So while Jimmy was on the phone with 911 reporting to them what he had just witnessed, Ricky 
who had now felt bad about leaving his sister alone in the parking lot, had turned around to go back and get her. By the time he got back to the parking lot, all he found was Amber's abandoned bike on the ground. That's such a scary omen. Like, abandoned bikes or, like, you find one shoe on the street or something. It's like... It's just an omen of it's not good. All of this happened in like 14 minutes. When he found Amber's bike alone in the parking lot and no sign of his sister, he pedaled as hard as he could back to his grandparents' house to alert his mother and his grandparents of Amber's situation. Amber's grandfather, Jimmy, Jimmy Whitman, not to confuse him with the other Jimmy that witnessed the incident. So Jimmy Whitman jumped in his truck and drove to the scene. By the time he arrived, police were already arriving and told Jimmy of what the witness had seen, the abduction of his granddaughter. As federal agents, along with local police, descended in our on descended on Arlington along with many neighbors who had come out to search for Amber's posters were plastered all over town. Like this was a quick like turnaround, like people rallied for this. As soon as everybody found out that a little girl was missing, they were, the neighborhood was out looking for her. Even with like officers and the agents were like would tell later on in interviews and stuff that they did not, they only took breaks for quick naps like there was they never stopped looking for this girl wow and despite all of this their efforts to locate amber the black truck or this mystery man were unsuccessful for four days they looked for her and four days after amber was abducted a man was out walking his dog around midnight near a creek just eight kilometers, that's five miles for our U.S. listener, from the Winn-Dixie parking lot when he found the naked body of a young girl in a creek underneath a bridge. Oh, Yeah. It was obvious to responding officers right away that this was the body of Amber Hagerman. And this is where it gets kind of gruesome, guys, so maybe hit that forward button for a couple seconds but uh she was naked except for one sock on one of her feet her body was covered in bruises and her neck had severe lacerations arlington police detective randy lockhart was quoted as saying quote a knife and a screwdriver had been used to rip her throat out unquote Oh my god! Like I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking speechless. I know, like it's brutal. Like this was a brutal abduction and murder. Like just horrific. I can't imagine the amount of hate you have to have in your soul and in your heart to do something like that. Maybe someday we'll find out, but right now we don't know. Uh, Arlington police believed right away that the suspect was local. Again, to like me personally, a crime this brutal, and it, it's been like it's not even speculation. I think it's a pretty good chance that the possibility that this was a random like um, stranger abduct is pretty good. Yeah. And with the severity of the damage to her body, I don't believe for a second that this was a one-off. No. There is no way that somebody picked up a a girl they didn't know, a random girl, did these horrific things to her. Like, she was also raped. I think I forgot to mention that. Um, Did these horrific things to her and then just was like, well, no, I'm done now. I'm never going to do this again. Like, no, this I, is a hunter. This is somebody yeah, professional. Yeah. And they've obviously done this before. Yeah. Just terrible. Or they've done it since. But again, right. unfortunately, to this day, this case is unsolved. There's nothing. They've gotten tons of leads. So many leads. And every single lead has been investigated and they're nowhere near closer to catching 
this individual than they were in 1996. Uh, Arlington Police Sergeant Grant Gilden told People for an article written by Christine Paliski in January 2022. He said, and I quote, we continue to have leads and there are still several leads that we continue to investigate extensively as possible. A lot of people will refer to Amber's case as what's commonly referred to as a cold case. But for Arlington Police Department, it has never been listed as a cold case because we've never gone 180 days without having some lead come in, unquote. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. After that and many was, years? Yeah, after that. Like, it's but like, there's still no, like, I don't understand how there can be so many leads, but like no progress really. I, this person was a ghost, I guess. Yeah. Was there any DNA? Yes. So they do have DNA and I'll get to that in a second. But now just a quick recap. Eight minutes is all it took for Amber to be abducted. And there was a witness who, who was a very, very good witness. There's been an estimate of 7,000 7, tips and it was entirely an endless investigation from the Arlington police over the past 26 years. And they still never caught his killer. Other than the information from Jimmy Kevill from what, when he witnessed the abduction, not a single other witness has come forward. That's in wild. And you're in like a shopping center parking lot yeah, in the yeah. middle of the day. And, the of the day. and no other witnesses. I believe it was closed, but even still, it was an empty parking lot too. Yeah. So, but it's just like, it's like every parent's worst nightmare. And this, yes. it's just, it happened so quickly. Yeah. In that same article written just this year by Christine Palasek for People, she wrote that police are hopeful that recent advancements in DNA testing being used on evidence collected in Amber's case, as well as any new tips from the public will finally solve this case. Gildan, who believes that Amber's killer is still alive today, was also quoted as saying, quote, I remain optimistic that this case will be solved. I do believe there's definitely someone out there who has the answer that we're looking for and can help lead us to the right direction. So that's why we continue to work on it. Our goal has always remained the same, and that's to catch who did this and to be able to prosecute them, unquote. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. And with, I mean, we discussed it earlier. We, they've they believe they've identified the Somerton man. Like it's possible that they will eventually get a hit on that DNA and be able to solve this case for anybody listening to this podcast who may have any information on this case. You can call the Arlington police um, or crime stoppers, which I will include the information on our socials and in our show notes. But after Amber's abduction and murder, it began a nationwide outcry for tougher laws governing kidnappers and sex offenders. Donna Whitson, mother of Amber, also testified in front of Congress in 1996, asking for legislators to create a, na a nationwide registry of sex offenders. The congressmen who represent Diane's district proposed an Amber Hagerman Child Protection Act. Among the sections of the bill was the one that would create a, na a nation's sex offenders registry. A Texas resident named Diane Simon, who was following the case very closely, contacted her local radio station and proposed broadcast to engage passerbyers in helping locate missing children. Her idea was picked up and for two years, uh, alerts were manually broadcast by participating radio station. 14 days after Amber's abduction, Diane Simon wrote a letter to the station requesting that if her alert system was put in place, it would be known as Amber's plan. The plan, renamed today to Amber, 
AMBER, uh, which stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response Alert, was put in place that same year. Amber's father, Richard Hagerman, who at the time of Amber's abduction, I found, I haven't been able to find much on his whereabouts. He wasn't with the family. His parents were, her parents were separated. Um, it said that he was estranged, but he, to this day, has never stopped looking for his daughter. I'm not really sure that he were estranged, but um, he was ruled out immediately as a suspect, I might add, right away. Um, it was confirmed that he wasn't even in Arlington at the time of Amber's uh, abduction. He had reached out to a man named Mark Class uh, for advice and assistance. Mark Class um, had become a national figure just three years prior to 1996 when his own daughter, Polly Class, who was just 12, was abducted and murdered in 1993 by a known offender, Richard Allen Davis. Polly's ca uh, case changed the way missing persons cases are handled. The, the changes included, but are not limited to, law enforcement databases being linked, providing multiple jurisdictions of uh, access to information. Missing persons information is now broadcast across all police channels. Officers can obtain criminal record information on individuals during routine traffic stops and California's tough three strikes legislation was passed as a direct result of Polly's case. Polly's legacy continues in the form of Paul, the Polyclass Foundation. The foundation, which was instrumental in the nationwide effort for the push in the implement of the Amber Alert system, which is named after Amber Hagerman. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. There's that. Yes. So the Amber Alert system originated in the United States and went live in both U.S. and Canada in 2002. We all know that sound, that familiar sound, that ear. It scares ear. the hell out of you yes. when it goes off in your hand. <laughs> yes. And your heart literally jumps into your throat when that siren sounds. I don't know about you guys. When you hear that sound and you open your phone or you turn into the radio or the TV and you listen to that robotic voice coming through telling you the description of a missing child, the details of where and when, instantly the world goes into high alert searching for this missing child. So the Amber Alert system provides the public with immediate and up-to-date information about a child abduction via widespread media broadcast on television, radio, and more recently, wireless devices, so cell phones. Um, so it is designed to help solicit the safe, swift return of an abducted child. The goal of an Amber Alert system is to involve as many community members as possible in the search for the child. Each community member becoming the eyes and the ear of law enforcement. So if this had been in place when Amber was abducted, yeah. considering they had an eyewitness, they had a description of the vehicle, they had a description of the man. If we'd gotten that Amber Alert system the community would have been on high alert for this truck. And I do feel that chances of them finding it were a hell of a lot higher. For sure. Definitely. Uh, so the Amber Alert system is not quite the same around the globe. So in Canada, for example, because that's where we are located, I'm going to use them as our example here. The, pro the program is provincially operated. So every province basically manages it on their own. But through my research, and I've looked at a lot of websites across the globe about this one, the criteria for issuing an Amber Alert, the basic criteria, is pretty much the same around the globe. So the main points are that a child under the age of 18, in some places 17, has gone missing. The belief is that the child has been abducted, a belief that the child is in grave danger. Information is available that may help locate the child or the abductor. For example, a black truck, uh, possible white, possibly Hispanic male, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, and the alert is issued within a reasonable amount of time from the moment of the abduction. So we all know that that is an important one. We hear it all the time, whether or not we feel that it is accurate. But the first 24 hours are the most crucial, especially when a child is involved. So just a little bit of information that I pulled from our wonderful world of Wikipedia about the Amber Alert around the world. So in the United States... In October 2000, the United States House of Representatives uh, adopted HRS 0605, which encouraged communities nationwide to implement the AMBER plan. So that was the radio station one. In October 2001, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children launched a campaign to have the AMBER Alert system established nationwide. In February 2002, so two years, roughly two years after Amber's abduction, the Federal Communications Commissions officially endorsed the system. And in mid-2002, several children were abducted in cases that drew national attention. One such case, the kidnapping and murder of Samantha Reunion, prompted California to establish an Amber Alert system in July 24th, on July 24th, 2002. In its first month, California issued 13 Amber Alerts. 12 of the children were recovered safely, and the remaining was found to be a misunderstanding. September 2002, 26 states, states, because I'm in the United States right now, uh, 26 states has established the Amber Alert system uh, that covered all parts of the United States. Uh, The Alerts were officially digitally begun in November 2002 when America Online began a service allowing people to sign up to receive notifications via computer page or cell phone. By 2005, all 50 states had operational programs, and today the program operates across the United States and juris- jurisdictional boundaries. As of January 1st, 2013, Amber Alert are automatically sent through wireless emergency alert program, the WEA program, which was what we were just talking about, people being annoyed by that. Um, So in Canada, their system began in December 2002. Alberta, which is where we are from, launched the first province-wide system. At the time, Alberta Solicitor Solicitor General Heather Forsyth said, and I quote, we anticipate an Amber Alert will only be issued once a year in Alberta. We hope we never have to use it, but if a child is abducted, Amber Alert is another tool police, police can use to find them and help them bring the child home safely, unquote. The Alberta government committed to spending more than one million Canadian to expanding the province's emergency warning system so that it could be used effectively for the Amber Alerts. Other Canadian provinces soon adopted the system and by May of 2004, Saskatchewan was the only province that had not established an Amber Alert system. But within the next year, the program was in use throughout the entire country. Amber Alert may also be distributed via the Alert Ready Emergency Alert System, which dis- disrupts programmings on all radio, television stations, uh, sorry, radio, television stations, and television providers in the relevant regions to display a message uh, of the Amber Alert information across the screen. In 2018, Alert Ready introduced alerts on supported mobile devices. When an alert is broadcast, a distinct sound plays and a link to find more information is displayed across the screen. Currently, there is no way to deactivate Amber Alerts on your mobile devices in Canada, which is causing a lot of controversy. Because, like, come on, this is ridiculous, people. People were calling 911 because they were being disrupted in the middle of the night. Sounds of the Amber Alert system. Um, You guys are assholes. That's all I can say about that. Like, come on. We just, like, let me just, let me just get to my statistics here for you guys. Sorry, I'm clicking my mouse. So, I've found here the 
on a, on the government of Canada, Canada's missing.ca, so government organized website for Canada, because again, that's where we're from. So we're going to stick to their stats. There was only in 2017, only six Amber Alerts were issued, two in Quebec, three in Ontario, one in Alberta, and one in Saskatchewan. All six of these kids were found alive. In 2018, five were issued, two in Quebec, one in Ontario, one in Alberta, and one in Saskatchewan. Four children found alive and one is still missing. In 2019, 19 Amber Alerts were issued, eight in Ontario and three in Alberta. That is so. You sorry, know, eleven, not nineteen. There was eleven. Sorry, eight in Ontario and three in Alberta. Eighteen children were found alive. It involved nineteen children, so some of them were like one Amber Alert for multiple children. So eighteen of the children were found alive, and one was found deceased. Yeah. So can I just like be a conspiracy theorist here for a second? Just well, not even because I look at these kinds of things like statistics of information like this a little bit differently now because of the whole residential school thing i have a really hard time believing a lot of stuff i question a lot of stuff a lot more so in this instance what i'm thinking is like oh it's okay it's great we're finding all this information about statistics on how many were issued and were successful now that's awesome but can we look at how many children we lost indigenous or otherwise look at how many we lost were either missing and or missing and then found dead that could have benefited from an amber alert like those are what that's i think that's where this like i don't know what you want to say that's where everyone has gotten hung up is that you know that's what needs to change those are the questions we need to ask and the conversations we need to be having in order for there to be change does that oh, make I sense? Totally agree and the people that are bitching and whining, complaining, because like, let me see, let me just go back here for one second to my stats. So in 2021, 11 Amber Alerts were issued for 13 children. All 13 were found alive. We live in Alberta and there wasn't a single one in Alberta, but six in Quebec, three in Ontario, one in Manitoba, and one in New Brunswick. This is over an entire fucking year. Like, you're, you had one night that was disturbed by the sound of an Amber Alert, and you're going to call 911 well, to complain about it? And on the other side of that, heaven forbid, that person that's bitching and whining about being woken up at 1 o'clock in the morning isn't ever having to deal with the reality of having to wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning and not know where your child is. Exactly. Or imagine waking up at 1 o'clock in the morning because the police are knocking on your door to tell you that they found your child exactly. dead in a creek. Yeah. Naked exactly. with nothing but one sock on. Yeah. Exactly. And apparently they're concerned that repeated alarms may cause Canadians to ignore the alarms. Like, I'm sorry. What? There's, there isn't, like... The amount of Amber Alerts that go out in a year, like, no, nobody's ignoring them. Nobody's going to ignore them. That shouldn't be a concern. Like, just You're fucking... making them loud enough. It's basically impossible to. <laughs> yeah. I just, it just blows my mind. Like this, like, I remember when we, in 2017, I guess it must have been when we got the first Amber Alert via cell phone. I remember people complaining about it. The people I knew. And I was like, what is wrong with you guys? You guys are dicks. And let me see. Let me just double check one more time. I was told there was only one in Alberta that whole year, guys. One. Ugh. Anyways, I digress. So in Mexico, Mexico joined the international efforts to spread the use of Amber Alert at an official launch ceremony in April 2011. Australia, the Australian state of Queensland, implemented a version of the Amber Alert system in 2000, May 2005. Other Australian states joined Queensland in Facebook's Amber Alert program in 2017. Europe, Amber Alert Europe, is a foundation that assists in saving missing children at risk by connecting law enforcement with other public experts and with the public um, across Europe. Amber Alert Europe activates that advocates that one missing child in one too many one missing child is one too many and aims for zero missing children in Europe. 
Amber Alert Europe brings together 42 official organizations, public authorities, and business entities from 26 countries. The foundation actively contributes to the EU and national policy database on saving missing children. Amber Alert Europe also officially facilitates the police expert network on missing persons. So far, consisting of over 80 experts from 30 countries and the task force on Amber Alert, the programs of Amber Alert Europe are backed by 465 members of the European Parliament, most successful written declaration since 2011. Amber Alert Europe is a neutral platform. It operates either evidence-based, scientifically proven, or expert-based. All activities are executed with respect of the privacy of missing persons and data protection laws. France, in February 2006, France's Justice Ministry launched an apparatus based on the Amber Alert named an English Abduction Alert Apparatus. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that in French because I can't. Um, anyways, with the help of most media and rail, railroad and motorway companies. Uh, Netherlands, the Netherlands was their Amber Alert was uh, issued in 2008 and is now facilitated by Amber Alert Europe Foundation. Currently, Amber Alert has 3 million participants, including thousands of large organizations indirectly. In, indirectly, a Dutch Amber Alert reaches more than 12 million Dutch citizens. 89% of the Dutch population with a success rate of 94%. The Dutch Amber Alert system is an example of effective citizen sourcing. An Amber Alert is issued when a child is missing or abducted and the Dutch police fear that the life or the health of the child is in imminent danger. So again, it's, you know, the same, the same uh, basic um, criteria as most countries. Um, the system also enables the police to immediately alert the press and public nationwide by means of highway signs, TV, radio, social media, PCs, large screen advertising, email, text messages, apps, RSS, news feeds, website banners, pop-ups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are four key, the, again, the four key um, criteria is the same victims under the age of 18. It is, uh, they believe that the child is in, in, in imminent danger. There's enough information about the victim to increase the chances of the child being found by means of Amber Alert, such as a photo, information about the abductor or the vehicle being used. The Amber Alert is issued as soon as possible after the abduction or disappearance of the child. Parts of Dutch Amber alert system are being used for missing children alerts a missing child sorry used for missing child alerts a missing child alert is issued when there is immediate and significant risk or harm to the missing child but the case does not reach the criteria of an amber alert the dutch police can decide to publicize information and ask for help of citizens to recover the child. See, that's what we're missing here in Canada, is if they don't meet the criteria of an Amber Alert, we should have a backup, like the missing child alerts. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, there you go. Like, see, yep. that would be a fucking solution. Good on you, Netherlands. Good on you. So, I, yeah. It's because I got Amsterdam, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at yeah, United Kingdom... On April 1st, 2007, the Amber Alert system became active in Northwest England uh, and implementation across the rest of Britain was planned for that year. This was realized on May 25th, 2010, with the na uh, nationwide launch of Child Rescue Alert based on the Amber Alert system. The first system in the UK of this kind was created in Sussex on November 14th, 2002. This would followed by a version in Surian. Um, Hampshire and Hampshire. By 2005, every local jurisdiction in England and Wales and its own had its own form of the Amber Alert system. The system was first used in the UK on October 2012 with regards to missing five-year-old April Jones in Wales. 
Ireland was 2009. It was announced that the Amber Alert would be set up in Ireland. In May 2012, the Child Rescue Ireland, the CRI alert, was officially introduced. Ireland's first Amber Alert was issued upon the disappearance of two boys. Slovak Republic, since 2015, the uh, Emergency Child Abduction Alert System, Amber Alert, um, Slovakia is also available in the Republic. Uh, Ukraine, uh, September two, 22nd, one. Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation, the National Police of Ukraine, and Facebook announced the launch of Amber Alert in Ukraine. So this is two years ago, like even just two years ago, some countries were just implementing this. On So China implemented it in 2016. The Republic of Security of the People's Republic of China announced that the Ministry of Public Security Emergency Release Platform of the Children's Missing Information in Beijing, which was soon rolled out to the rest of the country. It is run by the Criminal Investigation Department of the Ministry of Public Security and receives technical support from Alibaba Group. The platform pushes information of missing children confirmed by the police to mobile phones of the people around the place where the children disappeared. So this was a year before we got it, which makes sense because for some reason, China, Japan, they seem to be ahead of us when it comes to technology. Malaysia in September 2007, Malaysia implemented the Nareen Alert based on the Amber Alert, but is named for a missing eight-year-old girl, Nareen Jazeline. Um, Ecuador in 2018, Ecuador's Department of Security introduced its own Amber Alert called Amelia Alert, named after the abduction of Amelia Benavides Benavides in December 2017. Russia in 2019, they they rolled out Megaphone, uh, developed its, wait, sorry. In 2019, Megaphone developed its own alert system called Megaphone. Wow. That was, anyways, uh, it is oriented, uh, it is oriented for all regions of Russia where Megaphone is represented and is used for searches of children and adults as well. For less than half a year, the service has been used for searching for searching of more than 250 people in more than 30% of situations. People called back with information about a lost person. So that's a phone system. So you call in anyways. That's Russia. So that is that's the Amber Alert system around the world. So it is still developing. It's something that we here have had in Canada since 2002, but it's still new to some countries. In reality, there isn't a lot of Amber Alerts that go out. Like considering how many, the amount of children that go missing each day. I yeah. like, we don't get a lot of Amber Alerts. And that's, I was just going to mention that too. It's like, you see so many people frustrated with why one hasn't gone out because it's not meeting the criteria. Right. And until it meets that criteria, it doesn't go out. And, you know, some deciding factors are like, if, if the child has a history of running away, right? Like right. that can impede on the decision to, to issue one, right? If there's no belief that they're in immediate danger, if they believe that, you know, they'll be back because this, you know, happens often, that sort of thing. And that's not to say or assume that that's the case. It's just that that's one of the frustrations. It is so frustrating. For example, uh, Frank Young, like why was an Amber Alert never sent out? And I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. I'll never understand why. And I'd be curious to know like the type of resources that are required in order to send one out because like obviously understanding if resources are limited for something, then there's criteria that must be met in order to not, you know what I mean? But like, what, what are the resources exactly when it comes to issuing like, and a, a province-wide notification to people's cell phones, you know? Yeah, it's from what I was able to find in my research, an Amber Alert can only be issued by a police department. I've done a lot of research on this, and I still can't figure out why some, well, some cases, some really big cases since 2002, like Amber Alerts, like even just in the last year, 
Amber Alerts didn't go out. I still can't figure it out. But they have to go somewhere and ask if they can issue that the Amber Alert, right? Right. So there's there's somebody, there's that third party that you have to go, the police have to go to and be like, this is the the scenario. Can we, do we meet the requirements for an Amber, Amber Alert? And then they have to figure that out. And then it goes back to the police and they have to issue that. So, okay, in a sense, playing devil's advocate, yeah, I can see how that could exhaust a lot of resources if you had to do that every single time but right. i don't know it's just like it's hard to to sit back and say like who's more important and who's not yeah you know what i mean like and that's i'm sure that a lot of these law enforcement officers are put in really tricky situations to have to you know be involved in that but yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, the statistics of the first month of it being implemented, they issued 13 Amber Alerts and 12 of those kids were found and one of them was a misunderstanding. Those are pretty good statistics. That's huge, yeah. Yeah. But uh, what I are they I now is what I'd like to know. Because here's the thing, I would be interested, and this is probably something, no matter how much you research, you probably wouldn't even be able to find because, let's face it, we're not given all the information as a society. No. But, I mean, I'd be really not. interested to know Okay, well, let's look at the case of young people gone missing who turn up dead uh, and find out how many of those did not have an Amber Alert. Yeah. Why? And yeah. why they, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just, it was painted with one brush a long time ago and it's just expected to still work. And it just does, stuff doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, everything eventually evolves and grows yeah. and needs to change. Uh, the Amber Alert being one, right? So I'd be interested, like, that's great that back in the day, 12 out of the 13, but what about in 2022? How many Amber Alerts are actually being used usefully and being effective? Well, especially like we were just talking before uh, Megan started the episode on how prevalent internet violence is and internet stalkers and internet predators, like yeah. things are changing. Technology is changing. That means crime is changing. So it's that, that they need to change the way that they're responding. You hit it on the head. You absolutely hit it on the head because when I said what I was saying, I have thought that show I was talking about, Web of, Web of Lies, yeah. Every single time I think, man, if only they would have qualified for an Amber Alert and somebody would have taken them seriously when this 13-year-old girl who thinks she's in love with a 36-year-old man is all like, oh, I'm going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Like, that that needs to be looked at at a special case. Like, <laughs> anyway, I digress. But you hit it on the head with that, Christy. Like, because of the internet itself, we yeah. need to really evolve the Amber Alert system. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to find some stats here, but all I can find is that uh, in 2000, and, as of May 1st, 2002, 1,114 children were successfully recovered through the Amber Alert system and 123 yeah, children were rescued because of wireless emergency alerts. That's all that I found. So in my quick search here, but how many, I mean, the number of how, like the number of how many Amber Alerts go out each year is also very low. The other thing too, to mention Which, and think about as like on the devil's advocate side of it is like, and, and please don't think that I'm saying like, no, we can't issue an Amber Alert for every missing child. And we're going to, somebody has to, be the person to decide who's more important than the other child. Right. That's not it at all. But you think like even hearing about these people who have like complained about receiving an Amber Alert and said that it's annoying and they, you know, like, I'm sorry, you know, it's annoying is having a child that's missing. Like that's what's annoying. Yeah. But imagine if every single time an Amber Alert was put out for every single case, your phones would just be blowing up nonstop. And right. then it gets, it gets like your, it does, it desensitizes you to that sound and that warning. And it's eventually nobody's going to care about anything. Right. So it's like, it's where do you find that happy medium before you go too far one way, but not far enough to, to save everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. But there you have it, the Amber Alert system and where it originated from. Wow. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's uh, I didn't I didn't clue in until like you started bringing up like what 
what good came from that case and from yeah. from Amber's case. And then I started to clue in and I was like, ah, I see. Ah, I tricked you guys. You tricked us. Two in one. Two they in tricked one. me anyways. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, no, you got me too. I, I it was halfway through. I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the Amber Alert part of it I had written for my micro-brew a long time ago, but I thought I would add in the part about Amber Hagerman so that we could get an idea of where it came from, considering that I really feel that there was a really good chance that Amber Hagerman could have been found if Amber Alert was something that was around during her time absolutely and it's it's hard it's so hard when it comes to this sort of thing because something doesn't exist until there's a need for it right and oftentimes that need comes from something tragic i mean that being said amber was definitely not the first missing child in the world but i mean yeah i mean not every family is strong enough to advocate in a way that's going to benefit you know and then i mean or has the mental or emotional capacity to do that after such a tragic loss yeah it's just so horrific like and the, the oh man i just hope that one day we get the answers that we're searching for on this one for sure definitely but the fact that like there's so much like there was a, an actual eyewitness. Like, usually when a child is abducted, nobody, like, sees it happen. Right. And somebody actually saw it happen. Somebody that had some sort of uh, either military or police training. And still, it's unsolved today. And not not at all because of, because of him. Well, like, imagine how frustrating that must be for him, too. It's like, oh, okay, I got this information. I saw this. I'm calling. I'm doing everything right. Yeah. Only for it to not you know amount to much of anything like through no fault of his own right but yeah, absolutely it's like, oh i had everything that i could give them and i gave it to them and still nothing exactly thank you guys so much for tuning in to listen to me tell you about the amber alert system and amber hagerman yes thank you Megan. so we will post more information about this case on our socials you can find us on our socials we're on Facebook at Homebrew Murder Crew. We're on Instagram at Homebrew Murder Crew. You can also email us at homebrewmurdercrew at gmail.com. Send us emails. Find us, follow us on our socials. Like, send us comments. Tell Come us. Say hi. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Homebrew Murder Crew. Bye. 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 Thank <laughs> you.